Welcome to New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by podcast.co.nz, the home of New Zealand's favourite podcast. Global media. Global voice media. Today's guest, we've got Hannah back on the, on the couch with Jared playing the Casio Tone. Good to be here, Well, Another fine day and another podcast coming up your way. In podcast land, we're quite excited. Uh, this next guest that we've got here with us, uh, you, you want to do the introductions? All right. Sitting on my left here, wearing the Adidas nice T-shirt. With and homemade coffee. And a nice homemade coffee is Thank the you. one and only Lewis Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah. I think I got there. Welcome, Lewis. Um, hey, I feel really... Like I need to be impressive now. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Lewis. You are on the show because you're one heck of a impressive guy, and we want you on the show in all of your glory, not literally, okay? But yes, yeah, so I keep that Adidas shirt on. Yes, no birthday suit. Okay, <laughs> all right. And on his left, and my right, is of course our stunning co-host, Miss Hannah Martin. Hi guys, how Hi. are you? Hello, hello. How's your week? How's your week been, Jared? Uh, my week's been very, been very good actually. Had a very productive week actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, done a lot of things. From painting me mum's house, right, on the outside, to, to, yeah, it was a good day. And, the thing is, uh, he's, this is the second, uh, the other side of the house he's painting. Yeah, and fixing, fixing my car, German car, so it's always a hard one to fix. And to, to going along to a lot of, uh, wonderful occasions involving wonderful actors from New Zealand, yeah. Any good movies you've seen lately? I have actually, and it's a French movie. Yeah, should I say that one? Yeah. Because it was called. Can you pronounce um, it, or do you need to Google it up? I need to Google it again. I need to look at my phone. Uh, what was it? Noros. Uh, you know it. You're good with <laughs> names. That's it. Noros. Yeah. Noros. Noros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now come back to me with that. Have I'll you seen that one, have you, Lewis? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's set in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With subtitles as well, no less. Yeah, no, keep, keep talking. Uh, well, okay, thank you. Um, I saw an interesting movie today produced by Jay-Z and Will Smith called Annie. Have you guys heard of that? The new remake? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard that they've remade Annie. I haven't really, I don't know too much about here's the, here's the Here's the different, here's the point of difference with this Annie. Yeah. Annie's black. She is. So is Daddy Warbucks, played by Jamie Foxx. Are you a big Annie fan, Hannah? Uh, not really, but uh, I'm glad they've changed it up a bit, you know. Yeah, I was expecting Hard Knock Life for Jay-Z to get on there and rap the crap out of it, but uh, he didn't. There was actually no hip-hop music wow. in there at all. They Quite surprised. So, they would have had to be restraining themselves pretty hard. <laughs> Yeah, well, they had to be because I was going to making sure they're going to do hip hop. They're going to do hip- no, no, there wasn't any of that. Anyway, so uh, it was enjoyable, endearing, shall I say? What did you like about it? I felt the welling up in the tear ducts a couple of times. I know, yeah. Um, no stranger to the welling up in the tear ducts, but I thought um, the music was actually okay. It's my first time I've actually ever seen any, not even the real version. But Puritans that were with me, fourteen, fifteen-year-old Puritans, uh, balked at it. Oh, cool. Then uh, the movie I was talking about before was uh, Folies Bergeret, which, of course, is a famous um, musical theatre hall in Paris. Louis, can you speak French? In Gay Paris. Oh, can you confirm that uh, that pronunciation is well, correct? It reminds me of Bergerac, which is not French at all, but it sounds similar. Yeah, but this is a great different it is a Bergeret, uh, which is... Uh, is that camp or is that French? It's the thing with any romantic language, you just pronounce um, the vowel. So, for les airs... Oh, and you don't pronounce the yeses. So, Fouli Bergeret. Um, a delightful film. Loved yeah. every second of it. It's, it's actually about a, a serious subject, uh, infidelity within a marriage, and this, this is a middle-aged couple. 
Uh, and it's always a lighthearted subject. Yeah, and they've got a son who's who's buggered off to join the circus, so to speak. He's training to be an acrobat at acrobat school, uh, of course, which the father hates, but the mum is behind it. But she she is propositioned by a young, handsome Parisian man, um, and she off she goes to f- sow her oats. Hannah, have you seen any inter- more interesting movie than what Jared's seen lately? Bali? Did you see anything on the way to Bali on the plane? No, I didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, Let's be cops. Um, Mr. Roscoe, have you? Seen, you're you're a film fetish filmophile. I was going to say fetophile. He's a fetish. Film. <laughs> He's a fetish film watcher. <laughs> Sorry, mate, that came a bit, little bit wrong. See, um, uh, you you must watch a million zillion films, and you're uh, we haven't even got to the, what you do. So, uh, how about you? Any good film picks from you of late? Uh, lately, probably the best thing I have seen. Oh, you know, I'm going to take ages to answer this. So. It's like going to a video shop trying to choose a movie. Doesn't he sound like Jeff Goldblum somehow? He just did I, there. I, I, Jeff I, Goldblum I, 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 from The Fly? Ah, oh, oh, well, um, there are uh, actually, um, I might have, um, oh, oh, uh, there was a, um, a new, uh, movie, um, how was, how was Bali? Oh, it was, it was amazing experience, you know. Um, I hopped on scooters and got to do a lot of sightseeing and, um, yeah, I just love the people and so cheap, cheap, nice. you know. Nice. Do you, uh, was it, was it sun? Did you get out in the sun, the water? Oh, yeah, did a bit of a surf, got free lessons. Smuggle any drugs? No. Get arrested. <laughs> but I did bring home a iPhone 4 taser. Now, sounds like a fancy, fa- fancy model, eh? But does a taser, does a taser actually um, taser people? Yes, yes it's a got, very. Have you got it here with you? No, I should have brought it though. Awesome. <laughs> We're back with Lewis Roscoe from Arksville Homicides, uh, the new animated uh, series web series that you can find on the net. Uh, tell us a bit more about um, what sort of troubles or obstacles have he challenges putting the show on the on on the internet. Um, well, obviously the first um, problem is it takes a hell of a long time to do an episode. For, for episode three, which I've just released, that took six months to... Uh, no, I beg your pardon, sorry, five months to make. Still a hell of a long time for ten minutes. That's about as long as we've been, we've been podcasting for. Absolutely. Jared. Now, um, I've got to ask these questions because we always ask this of um, films that are made in, you know, the CGI films, the Disney ones, whichever ones you look at, Pixie, Caramels or whatever they call it. Pixar, Pixar, I think Pixar. you're talking about. Pixar, yeah. Jeff, come on, Jeff. Yeah, and, uh, 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 and, um, <laughs> so when it comes to directing one of these, um, CGI type, how, uh, what's the directing part of it? That's mostly when you're recording your voice actors. I have a setup at my uh, in my little man cave office, which um, I've got like a mic and one of those sort of sound boothy wall things around that mic. Um, so I'll as many actors as I can who are New Zealand based and Auckland based. I'll have record uh, with me, and then I can give direction and such. Otherwise, it'll be a case of an actor overseas because there are some uh, quite a few of the actor voice actors are overseas. They'll record their stuff, they'll send it to me, and then I'll give them feedback, and then they'll have to go back and do it again. So it can take time. Um, the great thing about the directing when you're animating is that you literally control the face. <laughs> the face, the body, exactly how things work. So the character pretty much takes a life on its own yeah. animated style. Yeah, well, a lot of the time you're looking in the mirror to see how you, you, you know, like if I say something, yeah, like a lot of the, um, a lot of what an, uh, one of the characters does, I'll, I'll, mimic myself and look in the mirror to see what I do um, you get sick of your own face after a while but um, 
then you you know you can you can you know re you know what am I saying mimic those um, human reactions. What is it? The heart was ripped out. Ripped right out, shattering the sternum here. And how exactly could someone do that? Are you sure you want a reporter here, Lieutenant? It's fine. She's with me. Go ahead. I'm with myself, Myron. But Mike approves. (sighs) Yes, I approve. Well, I'm not entirely sure. I've sent what I have to a colleague in Philly to look at it. You know, the chief would like a lid kept on this. Lieutenant, you're the one with the reporter next to you. That reporter is right here. I didn't think Randolph was in today. He's not. So, so do you? What do you do when you have to portray um, a female in your a female character? Do you use the same facial expressions? <laughs> yeah, or, how does that work? Can you give us one of your facials? Are they, are they subtly different? Give us an example. Yeah. I, I, you know, like just pouty lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, duck face. I, everything's a duck face. It was just pouted then in a very woman. Pout alert! Yeah. Pout alert! Yeah, I um. Well, with with um the fem- female characters uh. Yeah, obviously it's not going to be as as onto it with a couple of size smaller jeans. Are you ever tempted to get it on with one of the uh, characters that you're? Uh, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, weird science. Yeah, Lewis just said. Um, what about you know these big these big time guys? What's the uh, the creator of? Uh, he's a New Zealand director um, of um, Andrew Jameson Adamson. A- a- Andrew Adamson. What? How does your role compare to his? Are you doing the same things but on a different budget? Well, because I mean, what he's doing, like, and you, I think you're referring to Shrek, aren't you? I'm, yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. about Shrek. Well, I mean, he's the director of a lot of people who are animating, whereas I'm one dude sitting in a little. Cave. A man cave. Man cave, just doing it, doing everything myself. So, so w- would Andrew Anderson direct the animators as well? Um, well, I, I, I mean, there's lots of different ways that people would would do it, but yeah, he would he would um, he would look at what they've done, and um, he would. This is a terrible question. It's like I, 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 I'm making like I like I know what I'm talking about. Now that we have the expertise, well, <laughs> let's hear some more music. We, we have, I mean, because I've I have worked in a production pipeline with animation. We did a, a project in 2012 for six months with which we had quite a lot of animators, and so it's a case of looking. I mean, all I can say is what we did, which was you know you'd look at the animation that someone has given you, and you'd say, oh, no, no, that needs to change. He'd, he'd be more like this, or more. it's almost like you're direct. This is when you'd be directing, but you'd yeah. be directing an animator as to how this character would behave so how much stuff actually ends up on the cutting floor that you actually delete or nothing nothing because when you're working by yourself you have a lot of luxuries and one of those things is you can you can create everything chronologically and so i just create chronologically and i mean if i do a shot and let's say it's i don't know 14 frames too long and just 
maybe 14 frames yeah, might. It's like podcasting, so we go to the next one, the next show. So you have this real luxury eh, of, of, like I just noticed in one of your characters, he's got bloodshot eyes. I think, Hannah, you pointed that out. Um, and Computer generated bloodshot so you, eyes. And, and on having said that, you don't have to worry about actors turning up late, turning up drunk, turning up, you know. We've still got talent to turn up for the voices. Yeah, so the, the voice actors you would, but, but, but they, the they're actors, all wonderful. Yeah, you don't have to worry about whether or not your voice actors got bloodshot eyes, but you... No. You create everything we see on that screen. You've put some serious thought into it. So? I love it, Frank. Me too. It's perfect. What do you think, Trish? It's fine, Dad. Sort of feedback you've had so far from the three episodes? Um, it's all been good. It's all been good. It's just a case of getting, you know, like there's the noise of the internet, and it's just trying to get your, you know, what you're making, get that out there and get it noticed. And that's it's always hard when there's because there's so many people that are making stuff, making things, and, and it's just yeah, noise of the internet. Uh, content creating, like podcasting. I mean, are you happy with the way things are going so far? I know when we first started off, it was quite budget, eh? But now it's starting to get a bit better. Yeah, now we've moved into the living room, so yeah, yeah, yeah from the garage. <laughs> Um, yeah, things are, I would say that I think it's slowly but surely things are picking up. People are starting to, you know, notice, notice the, the show that something different because there's not a lot, a lot of, um, online like web series style animated stuff is usually just, uh, computer games where they've taken yeah. a bit of a computer game and, 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 and they've used those characters. It's called machinima where, you know, they, they move the game character around and have them do other things. Yeah. What about films, uh, big, big time 80s films like, you know, what were the string of them make kind of horror story come entertainment comedies like Ghostbusters? Has that had an influence on you at all, Lewis? Oh my <laughs> goodness! Is that a Ghostbusters tattoo I've seen you have? It's a Ghostbusters there? tattoo. I love Ghostbusters. It's one of, I, one of my favorite films as a kid and it still is now. That's why I got it as a tattoo. He slimed me. He slimed me. How it was old? a Commodore 64 game. How old were you, Lewis, when you had this and did your mother know about it? Uh, the tattoo, I would have been probably 23. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you can't permission. Good. Take off your shoot again and yeah, we'll look at that. That's cool. That's cool. Eh? That's awesome. Yeah. Loving that. Hannah, are you got any tattoos? Uh, yes. She has. Everyone's got tattoos. She has got one. I've seen it behind your ear. Yeah. What, what's that behind your ear? Just that one. Ah. Oh. I got it done on a gypsy bus in Nelson at a fair. $25. Cool. Thank you. $25. Bucks. How much was yours? How much was yours, Lewis? Uh, gosh, I think mine was like 100 or something. Wow, well, man, you hit the wrong gypsies there. <laughs> um, Hannah, how long did it take? Um, probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Did it hurt like a beer? Yeah, I was going to say, how painful. Because it was on my skull, I could feel you kind of go into like a trance because of the vibration. So it was, it was like a meditating. We should all get so podcasting tattoos. The traditional way with the Maori hammer and the old uh, moa bone and uh, okay. chisel, moa bone and uh, ink, Indian ink. We're here with Lewis Roscoe from Arksville Homicides. We're going to be coming back, but next we got an interview with Samuel Flynn Scott. You may ask who the hell that guy's name is. Who the hell is that, uh, Well, He's the singer for the Phoenix Foundation. Of course, I've watched how you know. Do you know the Phoenix Foundation? Hey, yes. yes. And he, here's, a, here's a connection as well, because he did the music for Tyker's movie. 
uh, uh, Eagle, Eagle versus Shark, yeah, and boy, other things, and boy, yeah, there's a score for it. And Forty Years, he was also in the video, music video for Forty Years. His song, Taika. I, I actually, Phoenix Foundation is one of my favorite New Zealand bands. Favorite, yeah. Besides Lord, but she's not a band. Solo. Yeah. Um, we're coming back with Lewis to ask him why we aren't casted in his arcs for homicides. Right yeah, after, I, I also want to ask the big question: Why did you go with animation instead of using real people? Okay. Coming up next. Coming after up this, questions next. It's a whatever we like day here because uh, I'm at Golden Dawn here in Ponsby with uh, Phoenix Foundation um, member. Uh, honcho, should we say? Uh, I don't know if I'm the honcho. I think there's a few honchos in the Phoenix Foundation. I'm a co-honcho. Co-honcho. Uh, Mr. Samuel Flynn Scott. Um, nice to talk to you. Thanks for coming to talk to us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, nice to be here in the sun in Auckland. There's like some Lee Scratch Perry playing in the background. I'm feeling very relaxed all of a sudden. It's great. Fine weather is a rarity, but like Haley's Comet, comes once every 70 years. Uh, but lucky for us, I was going to ask you a couple of questions about the Phoenix Foundation, then maybe we can talk about the, yourself as well. Um, does it ever surprise you um, just the band, about the band's popularity and, and how your music has, a, has an attachment with, with people? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it surprised me a lot in the early days when I was singing about like being sad about girlfriends dumping me and things like that when I was you know young and worried about that sort of stuff. Um, that, that really resonated with people and um, that almost came as a bit of a shock and now I kind of feel a bit weird about some of those songs because I feel like I'm a different person but people will still come up to me and say oh that song on your first album you know that really got me through a terrible part of my life and um, yeah there's definitely a, some people have really connected with Phoenix Foundation songs and you know we get uh, emails from people who've been uh, either you know suffering through cancer or um, you know, their parents have died or they've just had some major tragedy in their life and they're like, you know, your music was really important to us in, in that period. And that's, that is very humbling, yeah. So there's a lot of fanboys and fangirls out there. Um, any, the most requested song, you think? Uh, I, I'm not sure. The one that we never play that people really want to hear is Going Fishing off the first record. But um, there's a few songs, I think, over the years that, that, that people just always want to hear live. Um, Nest Egg, 40 Years... Um, bright grey and of course we always want to play brand new stuff but um, it t- tends to take about a year for the kind of new ones to, to really to, to get uh, well for the audience to really um, kind of be like pick up on it yeah it's always a bit like oh this new one okay this is cool but I want to hear the want, everyone wants to hear the songs they already know no which is fine yeah. exactly going all the way from horsepower straight through to present day uh, to Fandango um, let's have a look at your, your extensive uh, career musical career started at high school um, you guys have been on the Jules Holland show as well um, you've done stuff with Taika who's directed your 40 years which you alluded to um, what's been some of the career highlights for you being in the band um, definitely Jules Holland is, is a major one and working with Taika has been a huge part so the things you've touched on really are, are the highlights because I mean Taika's an amazing force in New Zealand film and an, an inspirational person to work with so the films we've done with him and the music videos he's done for us that's that's been a great collaborative um, team really and um, yeah Jules Holland I don't know playing the big day out last year which is you know looking like that's probably the last big day out 
that was amazing i think we we, we had the biggest crowd we've ever had at the big day out it was you know felt like eight thousand people or something and um people were singing along and um and we played a new song bob lennon john dylan which um has since done done you know all right and stuff so when we played that at, at the big day out it felt like a real moment like people really dug it straight off the bat and um yeah that was quite that felt like a, a real new zealand live kind of moment for me um did jules holland come and talk to you guys afterwards or was he a bit by himself uh no well he's pretty busy but i had a quick chat with him his producer introduced me his producer um is very good friends with the people who own Slowboat records in wellington which is the greatest record store in the world so um they'd kind of put a word in his ear about us and uh also one of his assistants uh rachel cook used to work for loop records in new zealand so he had a few connections around him who were saying oh you got to check out phoenix foundation and then he came and saw us play at glastonbury and really dug it so that's how we ended up on the show so the producer was a really lovely guy and yeah he introduced me to jules at, at one point totally awesome and speaking of taika he's um he's a force de majeure of course he's a he's quirky he's talented he's got movies out and i, I noticed also that you guys did the musical score for eagle versus shark and then a couple of years later for uh, boy yep. how did it feel being part of those two iconic new zealand movies it's great it's amazing i mean um uh, Eagle vs. Shark was great because he was learning what he was doing, we were learning what we were doing, and it felt like you know we were all just like giving it a good hone. But then Boy, Boy was really solid, and I remember reading the script. I read it uh, on on a flight from Auckland to Wellington. I read the whole thing in the flight. I, just, I you know got through the script in an hour, and I was just like, wow, that that is just going to be an amazing movie. Um, and so. Yeah, we were so keen to work on it, and it just turned out better than we could have expected. And the fact that it did so well, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever worked on anything that's done that well. It was crazy. It was like $11 million at the New Zealand box office or something like that. It is a crazy movie. I suppose it would take a different meaning for you guys when you're watching the movie, being a part of that, contributing to that. Yeah, we'd love to work with him again, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see to see if he you know has the project that's right for us, and, and we'd, we would work with him in a heartbeat. So yeah, hopefully. Tell me, um, 40 Years, it's still one of my favourite New Zealand uh, Kiwi music videos. Um, yeah. That one shot with, and he, he directed and started it, I don't know if that was his idea, but you guys aren't even in the band. Um, when he's running along the beach the whole time, it's a one-take shot video. Uh, how many takes did it did you guys do for that? I think uh, I think we did like maybe five takes or something. And he'd been training for it for a month. He'd been like running to, to train. Because it it's quite a He was running quite fast. And yeah, at the end of like, maybe we did four takes. And I think at the end of the fourth take, he was just like, completely shattered yeah it was an amazing effort like he put his body on the line for that music video it was wonderful he looks kind of match fit when he's running around in his retro uh, track pants and stuff yeah 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 and what about the how long did it take to to film that music video well it was all done in about maybe half a day i guess they probably set up they probably set up for about three or four hours and then um you know once we were filming it was like that was that it was you know take 20 minute break take 20 minute break take 20 minute break and then done you know that's the the, the amazing thing about one shot videos so yeah oh definitely and it's up there with Dave Dobbin's one shot video Loyal as well great song I love I love Loyal actually saw Dave Dobbin yesterday and uh, and uh, he's a Ponsonby boy so he might be coming to the show tonight um, here at Golden Dawn um, not that anyone will hear this until this gig's <laughs> over but yeah he's a he's a wonderful He's a wonderful man, great New Zealand. He's a force, force to be reckoned with, Dave. He is. He is a force on his own. He's a he's a cyclone. But I was going to say mini cyclone. If there was if there was artists or a group that you'd like to collaborate with, it'd be Kiwi overseas. Who who would that be for you? Oh well, I mean, there's so many New Zealand bands that I'd love love to work with um, that I haven't had the chance to yet. Um, Dave Dobbin is, is an obvious one, and you know we've we've talked about it a little bit. Um, Neil Finn, you know, he's a um, friend these days, and um, 
love to work with him that'd be great and he does tend to like kind of work with a lot of different people so you know who knows that could happen um and i don't know we do tend to like you know get to you know play the occasional i played a gig recently which was me and liam finn and james milne from lawrence arabia and that was that was really fun just you know the three of us playing a bunch of covers and stuff and we've talked about maybe doing a gig uh, tour where we play each other's songs as a three-piece or something like that but um I don't know, there's lots of people, there's so many people that you want, I just want to work with everyone, but there's not enough hours in the day, you know, and you have to be in the same city as, as people at the same time and that sort of thing, but. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, as I say, you have to pick your own battles or battle the bands. Uh, well, our allotted time has expired, but it's the interview's ended on a happy ending. Yeah, well, th- thank you for having a chat. Samuel Flynn-Scott from the band Phoenix Foundation, uh, check them out online, uh, the band is called Phoenix Foundation. Thank you. <laughs> Today's Hold or Fold movie review is for The Kingsman, The Secret Service. Kingsman, I have to correct you there, man. It's Kingsman. Kingsman, Kingsman, The Secret Service. It's freezing. Why are we walking? We jacked the car keys. Oh, that's my car! Huge IQ, great performance in the Marines, but you gave up. Drugs, petty crime. Never had a job. Who are you? Your father saved my life. Dean says you're fair guy. Boys, I've had a rather emotional day, so whatever your beef with Eggsy is, and I'm sure it's well-founded, I'd appreciate it if you could just leave us in peace. You should get out of the way, Granddaddy. You'll get out. Um, okay. Well, that's pretty much given away the whole title of the film. Well, that's the title. The Kings, or Kingsman, The Secret Service. Which is coming out, uh, I believe, in a couple of weeks' time. So we've got uh, got a bit of time here. Uh, February 13th, it's due out in the US, but I think it is out next, uh, well, it's out sooner than that in New Zealand. So, let's start the timer. Three-minute movie review starting from now. Jared, you first. What a great film. Good to see a film that's in the true flavour of what we'd expect from a James Bond movie or, or franchise. Um, Kingsman takes us to where all good entertaining action double O type films should go, but for some reason haven't gone. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of, lot of names in there yep. that you might recognise. Samuel L. Jackson playing the bad guy Valentine. Colin Firth. Uh, yeah, Pride and Prejudice. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Mark Hamill does a cameo in there, which I haven't seen for a long time. He's also going to be in the up and coming Star Wars movie, so maybe they're warming him up for that movie part. And also, the, he usually plays a bad guy, Mark Strong, but he's playing a good guy called Merlin in this one. Uh, same as you, Michael Caine's in there as well, big names. But what I liked about it as well is traditionally, like, it should be everything that a James Bond 007 movie should be. Um, just full of fun, entertainment, and great secret weapons. Little gadgets. This film has gadgets and it's not afraid to use them. Uh, some good laughs in the movie throughout. Um, good fight scenes yep. I don't believe I've ever seen Colin Firth in such a role as this Sophisticated he is And he suits the role to a T um, The new guy, what do you think of the new guy? The lead guy, Taron Egerton Who doesn't have much to his name on 